Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hund. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways, which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the divide between health IT and marketing in healthcare organizations. That, is, that sounds like an odd couple, right? So we'll, we'll talk about that in this episode. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 13 years of health IT blog content. So is it an odd couple, marketing and IT? That's a, that, you know, it's a fun topic. <laughs> it's, not, it's not one that gets covered a lot because, of course, we always talk about marketing and sales in the B2B world. And, and we always talk about IT and finance, you know, and, but never, not, not a lot of conversation around IT and marketing. And, of course, this was well, a little bit of... Colin, is that if you look at healthcare IT today, I'm an IT guy and you're a marketing guy. No, this <laughs> so is kind of ironic. <laughs> I think, I think John, those of it, those that have met both of us would probably say that we're a little bit of an odd pairing. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, odd either way. <laughs> that's so true. No, but this as came as a result, John, because you and I, of course, were just recently at the annual Shushmed conference, which was uh, it's one of the uh, AHA's uh, societies for healthcare strategists and market development. And it's their annual conference. And of course, it's a gathering of, of uh, healthcare marketers from the provider side. And this came up as a conversation, I think, for a couple uh, of the people that you met there. Yep, definitely. So, I mean, I think the the interesting thing is I talked to him as an IT guy, a little bit, you know, fish out of water with a bunch of healthcare marketers from hospital health systems, some ambulatory organizations as well. Uh, you know, it was interesting for me to come and talk to them about it. And a number of people that I talked to expressed the challenge that they have, which is that they can't be heard by the IT people at their healthcare organization. And so they've, they've, most of them have just resigned themselves to the fact that they just have to do it on their own. They're never going to get the attention of the IT organization. So the reality that I've seen most marketing people face is that IT isn't going to listen to them. Ironically, at the Chime conference a couple of years back, with which is basically all CIOs, there was one of these focus groups that was focused on healthcare marketing. And they asked the CIOs about it and they said, I don't know. That's not my area. <laughs> so interestingly, I don't think IT people reach out to marketing people either. So, I mean, it's just a sad reality that, you know, there's these silos of marketing, which uses technology and IT, which needs marketing. Uh, yeah, totally. And, you know, I think, you know, this is part of the reason why you see uh, marketing in healthcare organizations, they've, you know, totally gone to the cloud and one of the few areas in a hospital where they've totally embraced the cloud for the sole reason of they can get no support internally for anything. And so they have to outsource almost all of their technologies, whether it's the CRM they're using, whether it's the market automation. Now, thankfully, it's well developed in the cloud. And so they're able to deploy some pretty powerful tools. But I think, you know, for me, talking to some of the marketing uh, folks at the conference and then being in some of the uh, sessions, there's we're now at that point where the two groups have to get together because marketing has a need for clinical data. 
And that is not something they need to integrate those tools that they've been using now with some of the stuff that there is residing in their EHRs and other operational uh, uh, systems. And I think that's where the two do have to start talking and why there, there needs to be that bridging of the gap, as we called it. Well, it's pretty incredible that marketing is the one area where IT has kind of said, okay, shadow IT is okay. And I don't yeah. think that's true in every organization. I think there's still some working together by the CISO or a few you know, people like that who want to verify the shadow IT that marketing wants to do. But in many cases, they're like, okay, marketing, just go and do your thing. That's kind of a marketing purchase. And we're okay with the shadow IT because that's not part of the core services that we need to offer the hospital to keep it functioning. And, and so they've, they've almost kind of rubber stamped, okay, it's fine. You can go to the cloud and just support it yourselves or have a vendor support it. So it's yeah, interesting that it is that way, right? Because they need each other. They do. They do. And, you know, that's, that's really kind of what uh, we were talking about kind of after the conference a little bit, you know, does IT need marketing, right? And and my my answer to that is, uh, yeah, IT can use marketing. And I took the answer, I, I, I took the question in this way. You know, if you think about what IT does, a lot of times it's rolling out new applications and new systems internally to stakeholders, right? Whether it's physician groups or nurses or just, um, you know, admin staff. And, and, you know, you need to get them on board with the new system. You need to educate them on the new system. You need to essentially tout why the benefits of the, you know, doing it, you know, this new way versus the old way is better. In a sense, in, in essence, what you have to do is change behavior. Ironically, that is exactly what marketing's goal is, right? The whole goal of marketing <laughs> is to educate the end user, motivate them to do something a little bit different than they're used to, and then tout all the benefits and things to them. And, and uh, so, you know, I think, IT can use marketing to be more effective in their rollouts and their launch plans. And I think we saw some evidence of that at, at Shishmet in some of the presentations where when they did get together, they came up with creative campaigns to get the rollouts of Epic. They got together and did some really funny parody things and some interesting posters. So I, yeah, I definitely think IT internally can use some little dash of marketing to help with their rollouts. And, you know, there were some exceptions of this. I saw one session by John Hopkins where they talked about their physician communication and they did have an opportunity there to really communicate some things. And there was some collaboration through the messaging. So, you know, that is a powerful way. Although, ironically, I think if we were to ask successful CIOs what made them successful, I bet the answer would be that they have some marketing skills that allow them to effectively communicate with their employees, right? So it's like, okay, I didn't, who would have thought that the, for, to be a successful CIO, one of the things you need, and certainly there's others, right? Managing budgets, managing people, other, other things. But one of those that you need is to be able to market. But I would actually look at this a little different way when I think about does IT need marketing? And I would look at it from a more macro perspective of what's happening with healthcare. In the fee-for-service world, we all went to the doctor and we chose whatever doctors and it didn't really matter, right? But one is patients are becoming more demanding and, and more selective in who they go to. And as hospitals and health systems are required to move to more of a value-based care model, the core of what you need to be successful in either of those environments is marketing because if the patient can choose anywhere well you better have effective marketing so the patient chooses you and 
if you want to effectively do value-based care, you need to influence the patients that are the most sick or the most at risk to come in and see your, your clinic and things like that. So IT is rolling out most of those value-based care systems. It's certainly with involvement from the clinical side as well, but they're rolling them out. And you know what is needed in those systems most Sure, there's data analytics and other things, but the most, the key element once you do all the data analytics is to effectively market to patients so that they are adherent to whatever was re requested, that they take their medications, that they, you know, basically you're influencing them to, to do healthy behaviors, and that's what marketing does. No, I, I can't fault you there. I think that's a, it's a good point that if you got to look at that macro level. Patient loyalty, patient acquisition, that's a new battleground now that we're in this new value-based world and you're right it is responsible for rolling it out marketing can can help uh i guess you can say realize the benefits of those systems a lot sooner um so yeah i mean does it need marketing i think yeah for sure now i gotta ask john of course we asked this ask the question this way what about the reverse i mean is the reverse true so does marketing need it well, I, what's fascinating is marketing has gone without IT for so long that they've found a way to survive. <laughs> but there's so many instances where marketing would be more effective if they had IT. And then there's some cases where they really can't even do some of the initiatives that they want to do without IT. So a simple example of the, the latter is uh, patient self-scheduling. A marketing department on their own can't do that because they need the IT department and you know the members of the IT department who can do the integrations with your EHR that allow you to do patient self-scheduling and to be able to do the API calls to your EHR to know what appointments are available. So, you know, marketing, they, they could do some amazing things and they could identify, oh, you know, what we really need is to be able to allow patients to schedule on their own, just like they do everything else in their lives. And so we can really leverage that and be successful and drive tons of traffic and our competitors are all doing it and we're falling behind because of that. Well, guess what? If marketing discovers all that information and IT says, no, we're not going to integrate that marketing's dead in the water so 100 percent marketing needs it to be able to do those things yeah and I, I think the answer in a slightly different way john i'm you know marketing uh, when operating independently can cause it huge headaches right <laughs> so true. for example you know if we you know uh if marketing decides to go out into the market and say hey we're going to really push orthopedic surgery this month or for over the next three quarters or we're going to ask them the dallas 1-800 number or we're going to ask them to go to the website and you know and and book appointments online well you know that increased volume may cripple that system because marketing usually does not ask the question of hey what's our capacity of that thing <laughs> we have online scheduling let's just use it right and then, you know what if what if a thousand people came and booked online you know with some of the large systems that's potentially possible sure. and then you have an unideal user experience where they come online the system's like it hangs it's just does that loading 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 Right? Marketing generates its own denial of service attack just by the traffic to the side. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so it can cause a lot of huge operational headaches. And then, of course, you get that blame game afterwards. Like, well, what, you know, is it IT's fault that, you know, that the system wasn't capable of doing it? Is it marketing's fault that they didn't even check with IT in the first place? So and the real blame is that they don't communicate together, right? <laughs> and then the what happens? What happens is they both lose. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. The point is that the patients who, you know, now you're battling for the loyalty. If they don't have a great experience right up the start, they're going to now question, well, if they can't even get the online booking right, 
How are they going to yep. get my appointment right? How are they going to get my procedure right? So yeah, that's you know, right. You you ruin the trust even between them. Yeah, and it's just now you know I, I wish I could take credit for that, but you know the, there was a person Jessica uh, uh, Walker who kind of she kind of clued me in on this. She's the CEO of uh, Care Sherpa, and you know her company. This is what they do. They come in with an audit, and they can look at the uh, well the, the preparation level of the operations crew to actually handle the increased volume coming from the marketing campaign, and say, yep, you know what, guys, you know your call center, your your uh, your online booking system, it's all good, no worries, go ahead with the campaign. Uh, or more likely, hey, there's probably like three or four things you just need to beef up or, or change before you roll out this campaign. So, but that's an example for me where the two definitely have to work together. And, and in this case, marketing absolutely needs IT. Yeah, and there, there was another great angle to this that was really interesting. And Ann Zeiger wrote about it on Healthcare IT Today about the fact that after a breach occurs, there's an increase in advertising spend by hospitals. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because a breach occurs and that hurts your image. And so then the IT needs the marketing department using this framework that we're talking about. IT has the marketing department that needs to recover that reputation. And so they do an increased ad spend to highlight, hey, you know, you saw in the news that we were bad, but check out all these other things that are good that we do accomplish and all the help we do provide. So it's interesting in, in that regard, in a breach, I don't think we would have thought about marketing when it comes to a breach, although definitely the PR crisis managers involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. This episode is brought to you by Hitmic. Hitmic is a community of healthcare marketing professionals. Go to hitmic.com, that's H-I-T-M-C.com, to learn more. While you're there, you'll see that we just announced our 2020 annual conference. The call for speakers is now open through the end of October. Please sign up. Come and experience this unique community at the annual conference in Las Vegas from May 12th to the 14th. And you can find out more details about the conference at healthitmarketingconference.com. That's going to so be John, fun. Vegas. Yeah, be good. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas is always fun, of course, as you always say. And, and I'm it's a little your biased. Home. <laughs> You're just a little biased, and it's just super convenient for everyone to get to. So it should be a good it's time. True. And hopefully this will be a uh, topic of discussion, right? The the the, the bridging that gap between uh, the odd couple of marketing and health IT. Yeah, well, some IT people come to Hitmic. That might be pretty interesting. I think it would open their eyes to a lot of interesting opportunities. Well, and actually, that brings up a good point, John. Like, is that is that a good way you think to to kind of help bridge this sort of gap between you know healthcare IT people and marketing people? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a number of things you can do, although let's be honest, like it's a hard challenge <laughs> and it involves a lot of personalities. And so I don't think there's one easy, simple turnkey. Oh, yeah, if you do this, you'll get this result. So, you know, I guess I, I offer any sort of advice on bridging the gap with a, a little bit of a caveat that each organization is a little unique, although I think uh, I think a fair number of people use that as an excuse uh, to do nothing and just give up. So, you know, th there's a number of things. I, the principle I like the best, and I, this is how I apply it to IT people, and I say that as a tech guy myself, <laughs> literally tech guy on Twitter, uh, former tech guy, I guess. Uh, but for me, I call it the donut principle. So the donut okay. principle is if you want to connect with IT, show up with a box of donuts, 
and uh, you'll be surprised the response you get. And it will be much better than the response you would have gotten otherwise. So, you know, donuts are the way to an IT person's heart, at least the majority of them. And, uh, you know, <laughs> create that relationship and start it off right with some donuts. And then you'll at least be able to have a conversation at that point because they've got to eat the donuts and you can talk with them over the donuts. So that's what I call the donut principle. I like it. I like it. I, I'm assuming you could substitute donut for a cupcake or uh, ice cream. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think cupcakes are quite as effective as donuts. Ice cream probably is, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's your weakness, I know. Uh, and actually, well, I, I, like, I, I like that idea. And it kind of reminds me of something that happened to me, uh, you know, early in my career, you know, where where I was kind of, you know, shown the light, the light bulb went off, so to speak, when a, a seasoned IT project manager kind of took it upon himself to to take an hour and walk me through uh, a, a typical IT project, you know, because up until then, I, I really had no clue about like the requirements gathering phase and then the the joint application development stage where you come up with designs and things and then, the, you know, the iterations and and all the things that happen. And this is even before, you know, uh, you know, the the uh, the new methods of waterfall and, and iterative and, and, you know, rapid development and all those things. So but, you know, he basically sat me down, kind of walk through. Uh, the typical project and then identified for me all the challenges like you know for example users never tell you what they want they tell you what they think that you want to hear that they want right or they ask for the moon and settle for this right you really have to dig and you know that's a challenge for IT people because if you just build what they want inevitably at the end they won't be happy with it right because you know they didn't tell you their goals and those kinds of things and then he talked about how it always is delayed and why it gets delayed and why development is so tough and why QA is so important, like all these things. So basically, I never knew this. Like I thought it's just like, you know, you install something, you flick a few switches and, you know, hey, it worked. Because that's my that was my experience at the time with software because it would just, you know, install the OS and it kind of ran, right? Um, so it, I think that's another way where you can bridge the gap is just have both sides sit down and just walk through a typical project. Because I'm sure IT people also don't understand like, why is it so hard to produce like good looking materials, right? Like how how hard is it really to do a website? Like it's not, it's just HTML code. It's not nothing. nothing Haven't you it, done right? those email campaigns every week for the last year? That seems like a simple thing to do, right? <laughs> right. So as much as we are, you know, as much as marketing people look at that and go, you have no clue. I mean, IT, it's the same thing on the other side. IT, you know, IT people, you, we look at IT projects and probably think, why is it taking like nine months to implement something, guys? Like, isn't this off the shelf? Uh, so I think getting together, you're don't using your donut idea to really just talk to each other about each other's worlds is a great way to start to break down that barrier between the two organizations. Uh, and that way you have an empathy and appreciation for what the other side is going through. Yeah, I mean, I think at the core of what you're saying is spend time together so you can understand each other's worlds and each other's challenges. And then I would take that one step further beyond spending time together, because if you spend enough time together, you're going to discover ways that you as a marketer could help an IT person or vice versa. The IT person could help the marketer. And if you do that proactively, you know, if you're the IT person and you proactively help the marketing person implement the self-scheduling if you do that, you're going to win a lot of, of kudos and, and affection from those organizations that you can then leverage when you need it, right? So if you're a marketing person, you can see how can I help the IT person so that then down the road, you can later you get access to them to be able to implement your projects. So yeah, I think that's one way that can work. 
Um, you know, here a different approach that you know can work, and you have to be careful. Uh, you know, managing the politics of of this approach, but. The other way to address this is to do it from more an economic standpoint. Mm. And that means going through the CFO rather than the CIO to be able to get your tech project done. So if you want to take patient self-scheduling and illustrate how you can increase revenue based on this investment, or if you want to implement a CRM and the CRM is going to help you improve the patient throughput or increase the revenues, if you show those numbers to the CFO, who cares about those numbers may need those numbers to be able to make his numbers look right. <laughs> then you can sometimes leverage the CFO, which often is over the CIO in, in many organizations, which I always feel is a little odd, but it happens in a lot of healthcare organizations where CIO falls under the CFO, then they can help to push that forward as an important initiative for his or her bottom line as the CFO. And that can drive the priority for the CIO because that's the real challenge. It's usually not that the CIO doesn't want to help. There's a few jerks out there, but for the most part, they would love to help. But their question is, which project am I going to put away in order to do yours? Because guess what? We just spent a hundred million or a billion or five billion or whatever it was on our EHR. And you want me to prioritize your hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollar project over this you know, hundred million dollar project. So they're juggling all of those priorities. And one way to increase that priority is to go through the CFO. Yeah, I like I like that. I think it's a I think it's a great way to kind of approach it. You're right. There's some politics involved. You have to be careful of it, but but that's a way because at the end of it, both organizations are driven to help the financial health of the organ of the of the hospital that you're at or the system that you're at. Uh, I would I would kind of you know just riffing on your idea a little bit, John. I I wonder if you if the uh, you know you could bridge the gap using the data analytics as a as a mm. as a way because marketing is increasingly data driven like whether it's the patient demographic data it's uh claims data it's referral data marketing over the last few years has definitely gotten more data driven and there's a new like new discipline i guess you can call it of marketing analytics and but these are essentially data scientists with an with an eye and an angle towards marketing and a lot of large organizations now have these kinds of people these statisticians on staff Equally, you know, big data and data analytics from the clinical side of the house has been long something that's happened in IT departments. And I wonder if those two functions could get together and go, hey, let's just share some ideas here about leveraging this data, about even putting this data together to leverage together to gain some pretty interesting insights. So uh, like, like your point, you know, they both are data driven, they're both data scientists, or they both into, you know, making sure that the data is clean, you know, share some best practices and start those conversations there. And to me, this idea is why the divide is such a scary thing when it look when you look at the future, because the reality is that in the future, there's going to need to be some collaboration. I don't think the most effective organizations are going to be able to do what they're doing today, which is the CIO is saying, okay, well, as we move to the value-based care world, we're gonna trust our vendors to deliver the marketing we need. And I don't know if that's gonna work long-term. I don't, because it's so regionally uh, interesting in healthcare, 
that I'm not sure the vendor can apply the same things across the nation, I think you're going to need the regional knowledge base of your marketing people to do value-based care effectively as a CIO and vice versa. That I don't think that going forward, the marketing people are going to be able to compete and it's become even more competitive as the M&A activity has gotten more and more. You have behemoth against behemoth, and there's going to be a, an all-out war for the patients, the most valuable patients probably, and, and the most interesting patients. And if they're not working with the CIO to provide those services, the future of that healthcare organization is pretty scary. Uh, you know, and they'll probably get chomped up and merged as well if they don't do it effectively. So. To me, it's hard to imagine any future that doesn't have them working together as opposed to where we are today, which is the CIO depending on the vendor to do that or the marketing person depending on the vendor to do the IT. That seems like a failed model going forward, but I guess we'll find out. Well, I think that some of that, John, was an, an evidenced or was evidenced by some of the sessions at Shushmed, where you know a lot of the really interesting sessions were centered around leveraging clinical data, adding it to it some marketing intelligence and some non-clinical data like demographics, social economic data, financial data, uh, and then coming up with models from a marketing standpoint to go, ah, you know what, here's a great area of my that I can go after that I'm not getting patients from right now but i need or as a marketer you need the data from the epics and the cerners of the world even to draw that map right or even to to know that that's an area for you as an opportunity so the two definitely were getting together and i think as as an it person at least one of the ones who was presenting was very excited to finally bring a lot of their data that they've been collecting to vet to life this is something that could be applicable it's something of value and and it took the marketing department at this one particular hospital to kind of allow them to kind of show off all the work that they've, they've been doing in their data warehouse yeah and we've been talking about marketing and it and the divide between that but clinicals probably just as divided and the collaboration with them is probably just as needed as well so you know i mean the you know the silos don't help anyone no, and that's a topic we can definitely cover in another episode, John. So thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find out more details about our show just check it by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.